0: Hello, world, and welcome to the Philanise Nash Experience Podcast, an audio series of lighthearted and sometimes third-eye-opening conversations on entrepreneurship, leadership, and relationships from the African-American perspective. I am your host, Philanise Nash. Welcome. My guest today is one of Nashville's up-and-coming entrepreneurs. She's a TEDx speaker and the owner and CEO of We Optimize Work where she uses her proprietary artificial intelligence platform to empower executives on how to optimize productivity through employee retention and maximizing employee potential. She serves on numerous boards and has been recognized as the 2021 Bank of America MasterCard Small Business Innovation winner, 2021 YP Athena Awards nominee, and the 2021 American Express 100 for 100, founder of Change. She's a wife and very busy mother of four. So let's dive in and hear this mompreneur's incredible story. Let's give a warm Philanise Nash Experience podcast welcome to Dominique Townsend. Hey, Dominique, how are you? I'm doing great, Philanise. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad you agreed to come on this show because you have a wonderful story. Um, and I'm so glad that we were able to connect and get you on the show. So let's let's kind of dive in. First thing we chat about on the show is COVID. It's still around. Yes. It, we're here almost two years into this situation. Uh, and a new variant has popped up. I call it the Omicron. I don't think that's the Give us a real brief summary about how things have gone with you personally and professionally during this time of the pandemic. Yeah, COVID was
1: uh, it was like that brick wall of trying to figure things out. Whatever you didn't have figured out, you had to figure it out <laughs> then. So last March with business, I went completely from 100 to zero in um, clientele. From 100% planned revenue, I had revenue in the in the pipeline, started getting cancellations. And this was prior to um, Nashville receiving the cancellations. These were some of the corporate conversations I was getting ready to have. I just switched my business model to do more in-person events mm-hmm. and do more in-person training. So everything shifted from, from virtual to in-person. And uh, that was my, I was like, oh, okay, for quarter two of 2020, we're going to do everything in person, from now on, and here we are. Boom, you know, hit with the COVID. So, in addition to like the business revenue, everything being canceled, um, clients are canceling left and right due to just not being able to go out and the stay-at-home orders. I went to virtual schooling, um, for our oldest three that, um, just managing them from one laptop and two phones. I'm um, trying to manage the oldest three children and the youngest who has no schedule whatsoever because he was two. And it was just trying, it was just chaotic. Um, From a business perspective, I honestly did not have the time to sit down and figure out what do I need to do with business? Mm -hmm. Like, what are the things that um, from a business standpoint, how can I have the time? It's like, I did not have the time because I was trying to figure out how to manage virtual schooling. The demand was great with tech They were operating from, we were not equipped yet because we didn't have time to get laptops. We didn't have time to get all the proper technology in place when the stay-at-home orders were put in place. And um, just- Figuring that out first, um led me to feel frustrated. And after like weeks of frustrating, I started to go, what is it about the mom that has to put everything on the back burner? And, and the, is the role that is like carrying the figuring the things out, the planning of it, whether it's, it's this assumed thing or whether like what is it society's saying uh, working moms and, and, you know, mom business owners, just moms in general are supposed to figure it out and everything will be OK. Or when would we start adding this burden? And because of that, I turned myself into my own client to figure out. What is it about me not being able to focus, what, what's impacting me not being able to focus on business needs, mm-hmm. even though we have these virtual schooling needs? So I pivoted my business model to serve um, working moms last year, just really digging into how they create strategies to, to A, survive, um, um, but also succeed in how they uh, navigate work and life and, and re reframe what's what's for them like we had these routines we we were able to compartmentalize um being able to go outside the house and drive and normally when you play a podcast in the car and you go somewhere those were your moments of like regaining your sanity so like everyone's in the house and you're trying to figure out who works from where one person's in the kitchen no room is left unoccupied by someone and and um, trying to figure that out. But I found success in turning myself into my own client because I started to see what the expectations I was expect, like, that I was expecting of myself for business-wise, I simply did not have the capacity. Mm-hmm. And so just rearranging that and communicating and being honest with that really, really helped me. But it happened right after the big pivot that I had prior to with this epiphany of doing all in person. Like I'm going to be the consultant that's going to do in person and I'm going to make a big deal about it. So people can get that personalized touch too not even weeks later of no, what you thought you were going to do you need to you need to think about that again right. so I started to, to really pitch and say working moms need support let me look and see how can I support other working moms and then mom business owners with their own business strategies like hey how are you doing with your business how are you keeping afloat and just helping them create strategies and navigate um, things based off of the constraints or so based mm-hmm. off of their capacity and problems that they were facing and that's when I really learned that, oh, the way I had the business model set up, I did not even set myself up as a mom before uh, and a wife, uh, uh, myself as a business owner. So um, that was a really eye opening for me is I really was just pushing against the wall and not um, taking the time to do that. And COVID impacted it in a way of of doing that. But I also learned
0: the true value of, of grace. Uh- <laughs> yes, exactly. What you described was like having the ability to have that insight and yes. able to break it down because covid was very unnerving you know with parents having to deal with children being at home and then trying to work at the same time and hearing your summation that you know you had already planned to be 100% in person for q2 and beyond and then that did not happen so we want to dive a little bit into we optimize work. And what exactly is that? Because we've talked before and you have a wonderful story about how you leapt from corporate into your consultancy, your family support behind that. So just tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up having the support of your husband to take that leap and then go off on your own.
1: Oh, yeah. So I have over a decade of experience, about 12, 13 years of experience as an engineer in Lean Six Sigma Master Black Belt. So all things, improving processes, um, being in environments where I was assigned complex projects that impacted people across the globe. um, I was typically assigned to those to find opportunities for improvement, whether that is making a process faster or engaging people to work on an improved process that will meet the customer demand quicker. So it was um, throughout from the fire mill to um, books on demand to applications of, of thermal and heating technology. I worked in different types of industry, but manufacturing has been the common denominator in all companies. So throughout my career, I, I always noticed that there was a huge gap that I did not, I was not prepared for um, Being a, a black female engineer, you know that you're is 4% in, in the field and when you're entering into the workplace, you know that there's a, a high chance that you're going to be the only person that looks like you that is in your, your type of position. And that challenge, I did not understand how other adults can and can underutilize or overlook roles in the company because they look different or they act different. And so that was a thing that I um, looked into and said, oh my gosh, this, this challenge exists. Like, well, no one told us that it was to this level. So um, just being questioned about whether you can be successful or not because you smile too much. And I'm a person that will laugh no matter what is going on. And I um, quickly noticed it because I was different. Um, me not um, being in the box that they were used to, um, I had to change. So I started adapting into the workplace, co-switching and putting myself in a box to be accepted. And I found that even that wasn't fully accepted in being, in being um, utilized as a role. So I started to create playbooks and said, you know, I'm going to put it in my own hands and put, um, get project opportunities, take it up on by reaching out to employees, reaching out to find out what are their ideas for improvement and helping them um, lead projects of their own. A, to be recognized and B, for leaders to see that there is a huge opportunity in listening to roles that are not typically in the operations meetings or in the um, project meetings or initiatives and things of that sort. So going through those different challenges and changes, I noticed I found success when I took the chance on um, not being afraid to lose a job in order for other people to be heard. And I noticed that the respect factor that was given to consultants over the people that were the expertise within the workplace. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, you pay this consultant all of this money and we could actually fix this. But they listen to the consultants more than they listen to the employees. And immediately I wanted to be that consultant. I said, I want to be the consultant because if they listen to them, I can be the one that can convince them to do the very thing that they need to do, which is engage and listen more to their employees, creating processes and systems that involve them. And at the end of my um corporate tenure, I had a vision of losing, um, I was losing my job. I was being laid off in this vision. Um, it it was a dream, a nightmare, whatever you want to call it, but I definitely, I had this, I had this thing of like, wait a minute, this was so clear. I told my husband that morning, um, I saw myself being laid off from my job and you know, the signs were there, even the, the interim, um, the interim CEO at the time, um, just flat out even said, like the culture isn't ready for you. And so that really let me know that the cultural environment and um, being different or being a person that approaches things in a way that requires change that goes beyond checking off the box that is uncomfortable when people are not used to that and I was at peace with that because it, it was known I had a clear sponsor before that that would involve me in opportunities and when he transitioned to another company I noticed the start change in that which further emphasized I need to be the consultant that goes back into corporate workplaces so they can know the importance of sponsoring roles and empowering them and uh, after I told my husband that I went to work and started cleaning out my desk. I was still pumping at the time. So I had bottles in the mother's room. I mean, I cleared out everything. And that next morning I started telling people goodbye. And they were like, wow, you, you're safe. You're, you're the only black female out of this entire company in the office Um, that's in the office environment. And you're the only one that has this level of expertise that's in your position. I said, I know it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense because I, I've been talking about this for a long time and I know it's happening today. I know I'm getting laid off because God has given me no other way to have an excuse. And so <laughs> I look back on it now and still smile to this day because it's like, oh my gosh, that was purely, you know, purely. Um, so that, that day I actually was laid off and the same vision of, of an envelope being slid across the table with uh, severance that's not even, shouldn't even be called severance was um, into my hand walk outside, a videotape that I said, I might use this video one day in my life. Let me video it. But I had this piece about that. Um, it only, it made sense to take the leave. So with with looking at, I had the opportunity to start looking at other jobs and other jobs that I, like every job that I will apply for, um, it will say, like, they will say, oh, you're overqualified. It's not a fit, you know, all of these things. And it, it did not make, it didn't make sense. Like it was the obvious, like this person, like I can save, you know, millions and multi-million dollars in a year easily with just how engaging with people, just having that level of expertise to be able to do that. And I love doing that, you know, with, with um, improving things, but I knew that it was time. And I talked to my husband and he was, he was just like, okay, yeah. I, he said, I've been wanting you to say you were going to take the leap uh, uh, for a long time, because I know that that's what you really want to do. Now, on paper, it didn't make sense. Um, I was the only sole stable income. It was a six-figure a year job, over six-figure a year job, and the health insurance. All four children were on the health insurance, and our son was one at the time, our youngest. So we had four young, young children. They're eleven and or twelve and under now, but like in the youngest is three. But like we had really young children at the, at that time, and they still are. But like they were all on health insurance, and people get the job for the for the benefits, right? And so it was like, so you're taking the leap and you have no financial plan, no savings, no, none of these things. But what made sense was for me to take the leap. And so my husband went back into work and um, after um, traveling with me and supporting me in in my career goals and dreams, and he went back into work so I can take this leap into entrepreneurship and figure it out. Yeah. Which is a
0: journey. (laughs) So let me, let me um, just kind of back up. So how long ago was this? Because I know you just mentioned your little one. He's like two, maybe even three now. So was this a yeah. year ago that this all happened? Or this a year and a half ago? Yeah, June June 2019. So
1: June 26, 2019 was the day of the leap.
0: And uh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. all right. So now we're about two, almost two and a half years into this. And you started We Optimize Work. So you have yes. transferred your knowledge and your expertise and mm-hmm. process improvement into a consultancy. One yes. thing that I want to talk about with everyone who's listening and watching is we've had a lot of consultants on the show. But one thing that I mentioned in your intro is that you have a proprietary process that you use, proprietary software that you use to analyze and go through with this. So, can you just talk a little bit about what we optimize work, what gap that's filling, what need we optimize work is filling? And you can't give all the bells and whistles because it's proprietary, but how do you use your software and your AI in this process?
1: Yeah, so we've created algorithms to help bridge the gap in how executives and leaders engage their employees to work on project opportunities. Um, how they're engaged in uh, opportunities for leadership positions within the workplace. And the underlying thing is all about leading processes and systems. So it's a personalization that happens for the leaders. Based off of their leadership type, we learn how, okay, based off of your leadership type, here are some roadmaps that you need to have to best engage with their employees. So it's not a one-off training where they get this training and, it's, and based off of their type, they have to figure it out. No, we look at them and we say, based off of this, We know how to best create a roadmap that gets you to your next level. So they are following through this series of of planning of how they engage with their employees, how they're supporting them and how they um, are aware of what opportunities are there, where if you have one that's interested in the leadership role particularly women and minorities, like you are, you take on, you could take on the role of sponsorships. So we train them on how to do sponsorships, but the AI is based off of how do they adapt based off of their type and
0: their traits. So um, that definitely helps us to uh, help them further. And what industries are you helping What executive industry types? Are you working with?
1: And we ha- we're we heavy in the service industry um, with technology, Uh, We're seeing a lot of engineering technology um, firms that are working with us and and corporations that have manufacturing and corporate components. So we're working in the office setting. So the office of the corporations that typically have like a manufacturing plant throughout. um, We do want to expand in manufacturing because that's where my heart is at, where they're highly overlooked in the manufacturing industry. But then the office If we can get more people in the office to be in leadership roles, then they can bridge that gap that is occurring on the the floor because they understand they they understand what's
0: happening. Gotcha. So I want to circle back to what you mentioned about family and your husband and the support that he provided when you, I mean, and it really was a leap. I mean, this was like you said, there was no plan in place, no savings. Like you really just let the parachute open. (laughs) How do you balance? You've got four young children how are you balancing having a startup and then having a husband and four children? How how do you do that? What would be the one nugget of wisdom you would impart on the listeners on how to balance doing that?
1: Yeah, I, I, Balance is is one of those tricky words. Um, I wish we could use a new terminology, but we're all used to saying balance. Because I say balance all the time, and but but, I, but you get it. Like I I don't really mean balance, but it's <laughs> so. But I do look at prioritization of what's important. Um, so what's happening based off of like what are my values? Family comes first, right? So if there is something with business, yes, I will have peak weeks where I'll be working longer, but I make make sure that there's a priority put in place to where there's conversations happening with the family, open with the kids to say, hey, mom is going to be working really, really hard this week, but there's one activity that we can do What is that that you want to do? Like it's it's those things where I include them on what's going on. And but I definitely look at the priorities of the week. What is the priorities of the week? Am I making time for for family and self first? And then now let's look into business because now I can show up more, which I didn't do that at first. It was like, let me get business right. And then I go back to family. And that was a very um, that was one of the hardest lessons to become like, okay, now I gotta be aware of myself and and the person who pushes for mothers, and I'm putting my family like way aside, because I feel like the business needs to be done first before I can show up as a mom. But it's like, no, how do I show up as a mom um, first and foremost? And and how do I show up at, at home? Like, you know, from a, a family, uh, my husband, from a family dynamic, like what, what do we do first? And then let's talk about
0: business. Right. Can we circle back to the impact or how you were helping mompreneurs during COVID last year? What did that look like?
1: Yeah. So the, I will lay out all of their processes and systems and I say, what's important for you to get out. Um, so some of them had, they were just, they didn't have things in place. Um, they were all over the place. They didn't know how to make the right pivots and um, and have the flexibility to serve customers. So it looked like we looked at what their existing systems were, what's, what are the gaps is happening within their company. Uh, typically what I was seeing is there were no systems in process to know what, what things do we use? How do we automate certain processes to where I, it doesn't require me to perform? Um, what, what about the the customer journey? How do you take the customer through the journey and just having that, helping them define that so they can know based off of this customer journey, is it necessary for me to have these many options for a service-based businesses or even product-based businesses that I worked with? Is it necessary to have these many options? If so, what is the demand on that and then getting them to narrow the focus on that so they can have more time to spend on, on the business versus in the business like what takes the what takes the most of you what holds things up how can we improve that or reduce the time that you're spending on that but also is it necessary for you to do all those steps
0: by and so doing that we just clarify those systems and processes. So are mompreneurs still a business model for we optimize work? You know it's still in my
1: heart <laughs> I don't advertise it but i always have an avenue open like at least once a month there's a there's a mom business owner that reaches out and i will walk through the process and say let's look and see where you're at so we can win um anything systems and processes is like my love language and getting them to optimize how they work um but yeah, definitely, definitely, it's one of those where they reach out. Um, but we're focusing on the executive leaders and corporations um, as a big push next year. But mompreneurs never ignore it. Never ignore. It. There's some avenue, whether that's through WeBank or some other organization that I'm a part of, that I can help um, offer my expertise for um, for mompreneurs or things that
0: are that focus on mompreneurs. Awesome. Well, I love the fact that you give back because you know there's a lot of us mompreneurs out there who could benefit from optimizing our workflows. So, Dominique, we're getting close to the end of our session here, but before we get to your social media handles and your websites and ways that people can follow you and connect with you, do you have any words of wisdom for anyone who's watching or listening about how they can improve? Lots of entrepreneurs you know, start up and they're in the business, like you said, and they're not outside trying to cultivate that business. So what would you tell them? How would you tell them to improve that process so that they can be of the business and not in it?
1: Yeah, I would say get very clear on the impact you see to serve. Um, I think we we get so caught on seeking validation from other people versus guidance from experts. And when we do that, when we're trying to seek validation versus guidance, we miss out on like the nuggets of wisdom, the expertise from people who have been there, done that from their failure, like learning from their failures. If you can if you listen to them and take an open ear, what you find is that they started to get clearer on what their impact was, their approach of what they wanted to do, how they went about it versus looking at the result. So I would definitely recommend that people look for guidance and and look for it from where you can get clarity. So get to um, expertise. This is what I'm trying to do. What things have you learned in your journey when you're having conversations with people? Make sure you're looking for guidance and not validation, because what that can do is that will lead you to second guess why you got the vision or why you got what you wanted to do in the first place. And that is what is your, that's your validation. And then actions validate whether the product works for the company, whether it works for the other business, whether your, whether your service works for your, the person that you're working. With and it makes you very clear on the target market that you want to serve because without having that clarification, um, getting the expertise from people that can give you guidance on like how to seek that clarification, um, that's I think that's the biggest key. And then you can go back and say, What are my processes aligned to reach this clarification of what I see for me in business? And that really helped me of getting very clear of this is what I want to do in my. Core and I shifted everything uh, over time because I was so busy trying to validate it with, by sharing the idea versus seeking guidance from people as I'm taking actions to, to see if it's actually validated in the market, which is a total different type of validation. But definitely getting clear on what what you seek to, to do in the industry and then go back into all my processes supporting that. If someone wants to come in and look at it, is it clear that what we're doing is on the path to? this impact that
0: I'm seeking to serve. That's very, very wise information because many people are seeking validation as to whether or not the idea is good as opposed to working it. Very good. Very good. So how can my listeners and viewers follow you? Do you have a website that they can visit and any social media handles that you can
1: share? Yes. on um, uh, WeOptimizeWork.com is my website. WeOptimizeWork.com. But LinkedIn, I'm on there more frequently than I am on any other platform. So if you type in Dominique Townsend, I should pop up um, as one of the top choices for Dominique Townsend. It's D-O-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, Townsend, T O W N S E N D. And I'm also on Instagram, but um, Instagram and LinkedIn are the, the heaviest ones, before for business owners, definitely LinkedIn. We can connect there. And if I see things that that um, make me think of you off, t- off top of what, what you're looking for. Be happy to share it with you. So LinkedIn is a very good platform to where I can interact with people that are business owners as well.
0: Well, most business owners should be on LinkedIn anyway. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you viewers and listeners, if you're already on LinkedIn, please go and check out dominate Townsend uh, connect with her on LinkedIn and on Instagram, and then also check out her website she may have a process improvement for you. So, you know, make sure that you are of the business, not in the business and check out Dominique for any help on that. So Dominique, I want to thank you again for agreeing to come on the show. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. This was a joy. Thank you so much. And for everyone out there in the audience, you can find all of Dominique's contact information and anything that we've talked about in the show notes. All her social media links and links to any resources mentioned in this episode, as well as my website, which is Experience.com. You can also check out all of my episodes from Seasons 1 and 2 of the Philanise Nash Experience on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Amazon and iHeartRadio. Or you can just go to my website, phillanisenashexperience.com. Check out our YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe. And then also follow me on social media at nash on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Again, my call to action has been for everyone to get vaccinated. We've got another variant out there. I want us to make sure that we through this. So get your vaccine, stay safe. I'll see everyone on the next episode. Take care. Peace.